KSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Um, I was, yeah, I was, I was driving for DoorDash, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, just before NIL, so you know, I was, I just, you know, want to have, just, you know, you want to have a little extra, extra money. Yeah, I think you got the cash now, my friend. From door dashing in Bama to dashing for the end zone in Carolina. The Bryce Young story grows larger every day, and we've got all the coverage from his fifth practice at training camp. And it's quiet out here in Spartanburg. That's because the Panthers have left. They headed back down I-85, getting ready for Fan Fest tomorrow. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a loaded show coming up for you guys on CSL because we definitely do. Welcome inside Charlotte Sports Live, live from Wofford College. I am Gay McDonald, and of course, we have a loaded show. We're going to talk with here more from QB1 Bryce Young and also go one-on-one -on -one with one of its top weapons in new tight end Hayden Hurst, who the Panthers acquired this offseason. If you wanted more star power, we got it for you. We got my man Joe Marano holding things down back in Charlotte. Joe, are you ready for your turn out here in Spartanburg, dealing with all the bugs and everything and all the heat? Are you ready for that? It's worth it for the football, my man. You guys can't have, can't have all the fun down there right now. And training camps, you know, it's about the experience. Um, echoing the sentiment of the fans there, you can only watch so much through TV and highlights and things. So I can't wait to go uh, see these Panthers practice in person coming up. Hey, there's nothing like being out here, but let's get into practice number five from earlier today. It was a day after the Panthers put the pads on on Monday. Well, they were off today. Frank Reich getting lots of red zone drills in for both the offense and the defense earlier this morning. And he didn't mix words about Bryce Young's performance earlier in practice. The number one pick in this year's draft had some great plays, but the one that really stood out was a pick from Keith Taylor in the end zone. No doubt he had some stellar plays in those red zone performances today, but Reich knows where Bryce is at and knows how to get him to that next level. You know, we, you know, I, mean, I, I don't mean to say it like that, but like literally there's no stone that can be left unturned. I know, you know, all these players are good in so many ways, but our mentality is we got to scratch and claw for incremental improvement in every area. Incremental, you know, you're, these players are already so good, but what can we do? We can have small incremental improvement in every area. And another practice note, cornerback C.J. Henderson missed today's practice with a groin injury. So back to QB1. How has he been taking the good with the bad so far in training camp, where our Grace Grill has been watching QB1 extensively and has more? This is a new environment. There's a lot that's challenging for me that I'm just, just learning and trying to get better at. Tuesday was red zone day down in Spartanburg, a day where the Panthers' goal was to move the needle to see how well their rookie quarterback could thread it. You know, when you get down there, really tight windows, right, as we all know. And so... You have to try things out. Like, we're going to tell him, hey, challenge yourself. See if you can put the ball in that place, in that window. Young won 8 for 13 on Tuesday, including going 3 for 4 in the red zone during 7 on 7s and threw for 3 touchdowns and an interception. You know, you throw enough down there, you know, you're going to have some good ones and some bad ones. But I thought it was a good day. The young quarterback not letting himself get too low or too high, but understanding that this is all part of the process. Oh, it's, you know, there's, there's ups and downs. There's always stuff to learn. Um, and, you know, you take every rep and try. You, you have, a, you know, you have those uh, initial reactions. You feel it out on the field and you kind of just go play by play and, um, and then turn the page. And then, you know, now that the practice is over and we're going to get into meetings, um, you know, we're going to watch it back. I think Bryce has really good anticipation and accuracy and, and sees those windows and has a good sense of not only the timing, but is it worth the risk? And Young has really been able to focus on the technical side of things because the other stuff has come so easy. There, there's always the on the field stuff and 
you know, you get the throws and the drills and, you know, you talk X's and O's, but there's always that deeper level of, of you know, communication and trust that, you know, comes with, you know, forming a relationship off the field. Um, you know, it's been, it's been easy to do that because it's a genuine good group of guys. And a true sign of chemistry is always how well you can bust each other's chops. One of Young's top targets here in camp, DJ Chark, saw his opportunity to do just that, spilling to the media what the former Alabama quarterback's real job was in college. I was, yeah, I was, I was driving for DoorDash, and you know, it was before NIL, so you know, I was, I just, you know, want to have, just, you know, want to have a little extra, extra money, you know, so. And Joe, I know you haven't been out here practices, but just from watching and listening to Bryce Young, you know, what has really impressed you so far as we're looking now to, the, I guess, the back half of training camp now? I love seeing his excitement. He, he's playing that role of the number one pick very well, I think, and I think it's something that a lot of fans want to see, a very welcome sight for Panther fans here. He's patient. He's good with the press. He's smiling. He's telling stories. He's not too cocky, but he's also taking accountability. So I'm curious to see how he'll handle tomorrow's atmosphere at Bank of America Stadium. But, Gabe, we know that... This guy's no stranger to bright lights, big attention, and everything else like that. I'm just ready to see him do it for the Panthers. What do you think? I think that's the big thing, too, is like you obviously alluded to that. He's played in big atmospheres. He's played at Alabama in the SEC. So he knows what big-time ball is like. But I just want to see him continue to, you know, just be able to handle everything maturely like he has. Obviously, he doesn't really get too high when he does well or too low. He just stays really even keel, which that's what you want to see out of a rookie QB, especially one with so much buzz. So I still want to see him continue to make the mistakes because I think it's good to get that out of you right now in training camp. But I think he's been handling everything well. And I just want to see him continue to grow and just take a little bit more command of this offense as well. Sure, the sample size is uh, so small right now, and it's only what we can go off of, but I I'd say things are very promising right now, so very much looking forward to that. Now, one thing fans and media alike have noticed is that training camp practices themselves have a much different look than they did in the Matt Rule era. Frank Reich has a plan, and Carla Gebhardt broke it all down today for us. That's right, Gabe. And if you're wondering what you can really take away from these training camp practices, certainly we've seen a lot of fans here. They get excited over the completion rate from Bryce Young. You look at the seven on seven work and the 11 on 11 drills as well. And those are things to get excited about. But another thing that you can really take away is really how the Panthers are running these practices. There's really a, a variation of that. Yesterday they started at 1025. Today a little bit earlier and a little bit shorter practice starting at 1015. And Coach Frank Reich is telling us that that is all by design. Design and really trying to keep these guys fresh. That's something that we've heard a lot of these players really noticing with this staff is that they're trying to keep these guys healthy before they get to the preseason. One of those ways is to let, you know, the ones really kind of have some some rest during these these practices. The twos and threes really battling out a little bit more for their position. But another way is to have a really planned, efficient practice. And that was certainly the case for the Panthers today. We kind of go, we have short days, medium days, and long days. And so there's a pattern and a method and, um, you know, and it's time, mostly time related. We, you know, we want the periods to be fast and hard and intense, you know, full speed. Um, so we, the way we kind of make it in those three categories is by the length more than anything more as far as intent. You know, we walk through in the morning, full intensity in the afternoon, but then just keep the switch the duration up. 
and we know the players are certainly looking forward to Fan Fest happening tomorrow at 7 p.m. inside Bank of America Stadium. I'm sure we're going to be talking a little bit more about that in this show tonight, but uh, so much excitement surrounding Bryce Young getting there and, and again throwing to all the, his weapons, Frank Wright getting back inside the stadium as well, and they'll have Friday off, another day of rest there, and then they'll be back here in Spartanburg over the weekend. Fans certainly want to get down here to get that last look before the Jets come in town the following week. So a little bit more left down here in Spartanburg. And Gabe, we know we're going to be here for all of it, right? Absolutely, Carla, because you know we are your home with the Panthers. And the Panthers have already been making a number of roster moves already in camp. The most notable being the signing of veteran linebacker Deion Jones, a former LSU star, rather familiar with the NFC South, having spent the first six years of his pro career with the Atlanta Falcons. And when healthy, he's a ball hawk with over 100 tackles in five of his seven seasons in the NFL. Now, Jones, he's looking forward to a fresh start in Carolina and feels he can bring a lot to this Panthers defense. Everything just made sense. Um, they made me feel welcome. Um, giving me opportunity, and like I said, just ready to get back to ball, get back playing, get back flying around. He's a playmaker. I mean, he's been a consistent playmaker. He's had production, you know, athletic guy, smart guy. Um, and, you know, listen, I, we got to get to know him, but everything we know, be a good teammate. You know, obviously culture is really important to us, you know, team first mentality. So, uh, you know, he'll have a chance to work himself in and prove that. Now, the Panthers did have to make at least two cuts this morning to get the roster back to 90, and they did just that, releasing defensive tackle John Pinassini and outside linebacker Aaron Mosby. The Panthers really liked Pinassini and praised his contributions in the few months he was in Carolina, but he failed his pre-camp physical and couldn't stay healthy. Mosby, meanwhile, spent most of last year on the practice squad, but appeared in three games for the Panthers in 2022. And tomorrow we're getting a one-day break from the heat at Spartanburg and training it in for fireworks at Bank of America Stadium. Panthers Fan Fest is coming up tomorrow. Tickets are just 5 bucks. $5 with tickets proceeds benefiting the Carolina Panthers charities and its ongoing mission to service communi communities across the Carolinas. Big laser and fireworks show after practice to send the guys back to Spartanburg later this weekend. And Hayden Hurst, he's one of the Panthers' big offseason acquisitions, but how does he fare going one-on-one -on -one with Carla in an exclusive training camp interview? Find out next here on CSL. And who needs Fashion Week in the fall when you can get it in early August? Of course, we're talking about NFL fashion. New unis and helmets every year for teams, but I'll tell you what, today the Panthers released their jersey schedule, and we need to help you color coordinate for Carolina games coming up next. And the ACC should stand for All-Carolina Conference after the preseason polls got released. Three of the top four in ACC kickoff voting are Carolina teams. We got it all when CSO returns from Panthers Training Camp live in Spartanburg. Receiver C.J. Saunders getting reps in at practice today in Spartanburg. You'll hear from him later this week on CSL. Plus, the defense getting a break from hitting today, but believe me, they want to get those pads back on tomorrow, doing a little scoop drill early this morning in practice. And if you need to know how to color coordinate with the Panthers on Sundays, it's cool because we got you with the drip drop. Here's the jersey schedule for your Carolina Panthers this fall. The Panthers will wear white eight times, black seven times, and blue two times this season. Those two in blue, both on the road against Miami and Tampa. They actually start the first five games in the white uniforms. And we have no word on if the black helmet will make a comeback this season. And there's no doubt that the Panthers have needed help at a long time at the tight end position ever since Greg Olson made his departure for Seattle. And general manager Scott Fitter may have finally found somebody to bring some stability to that tight end room. New tight end Hayden Hurst goes one-on-one -on -one with our own Carla Gephardt. 
We are here with tight end Hayden Hurst right now and hopefully he can be a big playmaker for the Panthers this year. We saw you make a couple of pretty good catches today. What do you think about the first full day of back and pads? It just feels right. Um, you know, all the stuff leading up to it is really just to get your legs underneath you. Um, it's not really football in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just about getting in shape and then today is really, you know, where you kind of separate yourself. So making plays today is the most important thing. As soon as pads come on, like I said, it just separates the, the players. Coach Wright talks about taking the good with the bad, and we certainly saw both of those things on the field today. Kind of how do you assess your performance when it comes to the offense? And, I mean, a lot of these guys are, I mean, everybody's learning this new offense, right? Yeah, you just have to attack it like a period at a time. You know, you can't look too far ahead. I know it sounds cliche, but that's how I look at it, you know. Because, I mean, there was periods today where I was messing stuff up and, you know, I had sloppy footwork when it gets hotter. Um, you just have to have the ability to play the next play. Uh, again, as stupid and cliche as that might sound, it's yeah. true. Um, just focus on what's coming up next. You know, if you have a bad play, who cares? Got to move on. And the good thing about this offense is there's a lot of talented players, a lot of versatility on the offense. But Coach Wright talks about how he really wants to kind of hone in on everybody's talent. What do you think you add to that tight end room uh, over maybe some of the other players because they all have their own talents as well? Yeah, it's a really it's a really well-rounded room. You know, we've played really well off of each other these first this first week of camp. Um, we all complement each other really well. You know, Ian's a big, strong guy. He's fast in the in the pass game too. Tommy's twitchy. Sully's a mismatch nightmare. Gio, he's awesome too. He gets in there with the run game and the pass game. You know, we all kind of have our own little spin on this offense, but we all bring different things, like you said. You know, as far as just you know, this is year six for me. You know, playing in bigger games. You know, with Cincinnati last year, hopefully bring a little bit of experience. Um, and just like my tempo, uh, that's how I've always prided myself and how I personally think that I separate myself uh, just from any tight end in this league is just tempo and relentlessness and that's kind of what got me paid. So. Coming from Cincy, a pretty good fan base there. You got to experience a little bit of that, a taste of that on Saturday, back yep. together Saturday. What do you think about Carolina and the fan base here and certainly, I mean, they're yelling behind us right now. Yeah, it's really cool for me, you know, because this is where I went to school, you know, right. kind of back in my college area code, so to speak. So, you know, for as much Carolina Panther blue that I'm seeing, there's a lot of garnet too, which is really cool. Queen City, Cincinnati, and also Charlotte. Which one's the real Queen City? <laughs> Charlotte, I mean, Cincinnati, it's great. It's a, it's a diamond in the rough, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's pretty nice, way, way bigger, more spread out. Um, I love both cities, but I'm excited, like I said, to be back in this area. And I was talking to you off camera. We, I have long hair, I have big hair, you have long, big hair. Yes. Are you embracing the heat in Spartanburg? Or, like, how does that work right now? That is why my hair is tied up about 95% <laughs> of the time. If it's not wet, it's hot, and then it gets poofy with the humidity, so I feel your pain, absolutely. Yes, I should probably have my hair up as well. Thanks, Hayden. Thank you. No bias here, but Charlotte is definitely the real Queen City. Now, Hurst brings a veteran presence to a tight end room that struggled to produce last season. He entered the league with the Ravens back in 2018 before having a career year with the Falcons in 2020. 56 receptions, 571 yards, and six touchdowns, all career highs for the man out of South Carolina. Last year, Hurst had 414 yards and two touchdowns with the Bengals. And apparently Clemson is still the toast of the ACC. Preseason media polls from ACC kickoff released today, and the Tigers are the favorite yet again, getting 103 votes out of the possible 176. Coming off a 10-3 season with a dub in the Cheez-It Bowl, Florida State came in second with 67 first-place votes. In the Tar Heels, they're in third, with the NC State Wolfpack getting one lone first-place vote predicted to come in fourth in the conference. 
And back to the Gamecocks, South Carolina football and head coach Shane Beamer are celebrating a big recruiting win today. The Gamecocks picked up a commitment from five-star edge Dylan Stewart earlier today on ESPN. Stewart is the 15th overall recruit in the class of 2024. The kid can ball, y'all. The Washington, D.C. product chose South Carolina over Ohio State, and it taking visits to Georgia, Miami, and Alabama as well. Certainly a huge get for Beamer and those Gamecocks. And Team USA celebrating going to the round of 16, but at the same time, looking at what went wrong in the group stage. A lackluster effort has some questioning if the U.S. has what it takes to win a third straight World Cup. Hear from them coming up next. And Charlotte FC is moving on to the round of 32 in the League's Cup, but they're also moving on from one of its embattled players. Those details coming up next on Charlotte Sports Live. We're back in two minutes. Here's one way to make the roster. Check out Javon Wims getting open and completing the play with a toe tap there. He's part of the loaded wide receiver room at Panthers training camp. And a reminder, you can see those guys on display tomorrow night at BOA. Here's a look at what's coming up on Charlotte Sports Live for you. Tomorrow, we get you all the exclusive access at Panthers Fan Fest, where we expect to hear from Bryce Young again. Thursday, it's one-on-one -on -one with Panthers linebacker Frankie Louvu. You don't want to miss that. And on Friday, we'll get the story of whiteout C.J. Saunders. And if you need your NASCAR fix, don't you worry. Daytona 500 champ Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is coming to CSL this weekend. He hasn't seen the field since April, and now Andre Shinyashiki and Charlotte FC have parted ways. The team announcing today that they have mutually agreed with him to terminate his contract. Last year, Andre was a key piece in the team's inaugural season, but in May of this year, a 23-year-old woman filed a report with CMPD saying he sexually assaulted her. Shinyashiki was never arrested or charged. Earlier this year, a trade with Real Salt Lake was nixed because of it. He's already signed with a new club in Azerbaijan. Down under, Team USA have not been looking like the World Cup favorites that everyone first thought them to be at the beginning of this World Cup tournament. The ladies are moving through to the round of 16, but it's happening in unexpected fashion. The U.S. could have won Group E with a victory over Portugal this morning, but instead we saw a scoreless draw as Team USA lost the possession battle and couldn't put the ball through on with six shots on goal. It's the first time since 2011 that the Stars and Stripes did not win a group. That time around, they still got to the final and then lost to Japan. Now, Alex Morgan was part of that team, and she's taking note of USA's mistakes this last match and knows what to work for this weekend. We missed some some big chances. I did um, as well. Uh, we should have put some in the back of net and we didn't. Uh, we own that. Um, we're not happy with the performance we put out there, but at the same time, we're moving on. This isn't the first time in my career without we've moved on second in the group. Here's what's next for the red, white, and blue. It's the winner of Group G, which is going to be Sweden unless we get some monumental upsets tonight with the new matches here. Sweden are in its final group play match at 3 o'clock in the morning against Argentina. The round of 16 knockout match will be Sunday at 5 in the morning right here on Fox Charlotte. And we will, of course, bring you all of the coverage you need to see there as the team tries to. It's winner go home now. Team's trying to three-peat with the World Cup title. Jake Berger has won multiple QC crowns in the past, and it's, it's going to be harder now for our guy because he just got traded to the Marlins in a deadline deal today. Best of luck to the longtime Charlotte Knight. Gabe and I still have to hand out some QC crowns up next, though, so stand by. We'll be back to wrap it up. We want more Panthers training camp coverage, right? Who doesn't? That's why we got Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast. Catch every episode of the show in podcast form. 
gets posted every night and can be found wherever you get your favorite podcast. And we even made it easy for you to scan the QR, you see, QR code you see right now on your screen to download CSL, the podcast. And it's time to give out the most prestigious award that anybody can get at 1127 at night. It is our QC crowns, our nightly MVPs. Joey Moe, you're up first. What you got tonight, my man? Got to give the Braves a little bit of love tonight, namely Spencer Strider. He got his 200th strikeout by ringing up Shohei Otani, no less, and he broke his own record for fastest pitcher to get to that point in the season. He did it in 123 in the third innings, broke his own record that he set last year, Gabe. A big shout-out to Spencer Strider. Mine is going out to a man who obviously could get a crown just about every night. Damar Hamlin It's remarkable, the recovery that he's had, getting back into football, and now had his first interception of training camp. Always good to see him just doing his thing and hopefully that he can have an impact for that defense. But just a great moment. You can see all the fanfare that he gets after this and uh, just great to see DeMar Hamlin get that interception and hopefully we see him make an impact on the field this season. But either way it goes, it's just great to see him doing his thing. And of course, we got much more coming up tomorrow for you guys on Charlotte Sports Live. We're going to recap Fan Fest at 11 o'clock. For everybody, for Joey Moe, I'm Gabe McDonald. Good night, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>